Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast with me, Holly. And me, Molly. We are your weekly dose of vegan food, news and topical chat. And this week we are talking all about growing your own food. The best. <laughs> I wish we all could just grow our own food all the time. I know. Wouldn't it be a lovely world to live in? Just like it would. popping outside, picking your veggies. That's actually like even just having some herbs outside, like me and my boyfriend we just take the piss all the time just kind of like just actually going to get some uh fresh rosemary from the garden <laughs> just actually going to go and um get some mint from the garden actually and don't mind me i'm just going to the garden to get my herbs <laughs> and i love it i love it i want to be a self-sustained person me me too i mean yeah imagine what a world it would be no supermarkets i mean who likes going around a supermarket and all that oh i don't mind i don't mind it sometimes oh really (laughs) if i'm hungry i love going to the supermarket oh i hate it because they always try and they always like move products around to try and get you to buy more stuff so you go to where the plant-based stuff used to be and they've moved it to another aisle and it's in between the chicken and the beef and or something random you're like oh what's going on do you know what my favorite thing is it shouldn't be my favorite thing but it's just like it makes me laugh hysterically is when you go to the vegan bit at the supermarket and someone's put like a chicken like breast or like a steak there and it's just like <laughs> you've got so much joy out of that yeah like to them that is just like a comedy gold oh uh, well, i'm not asked it's all in plastic it's all contained i would move that but if you've got that much joy out of that, it's just kind of sad, isn't it? Or maybe they've just made a diff- better choice. They've abandoned maybe. the chicken and gone for the vegan that, chicken that's... breast. <laughs> Let's hope that's happened. I feel like it's probably the latter and people being, no, the first one. <laughs> and people just, sorry, I'm quite confused by that. <laughs> the former? I think it's the, the former, form... isn't it? Yeah. Um, people being childish. <laughs> Oh yeah, my favourite thing is um, when you're like, say you're like at the freezer section, you know, and it's all the, the vegan stuff and there's someone else there like looking and you're kind of like, <laughs> you're vegan too, yeah. <laughs> kind of giving them that side glance and like a little like sort of smirk and like, we're the, we're the <laughs> are same. You, are you smirking at customers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, it's just joyful, isn't it? Thinking that they're you know making those choices as well and there's more yeah. than just you <laughs> god i want to see you in a supermarket so much <laughs> so much oh god <laughs> like, do you know what i'm so tired today i feel a bit sort of delirious i just had a like 20 minute laughing fit i'm not joking either i could not stop about an ainsley harriet video on facebook and i just I and alison hammond i think alison hammond is the crucial part of this and story alison hammond and they're in this old lady's house to like surprise her and the old lady just looks completely confused why is there a (laughs) film crew in my lounge and then they bring in this tv as like a present and honestly and then and then Ainsley Harriet appears kind of doing his jazz hands oh I've never seen it before I know it's a thing because I've heard them talking about well hello Jill on the radio on radio one but I hadn't seen it before it was just so funny but um, yeah, it was a really long day yesterday. I was in London and... You're a um, city girl now. Oh, I am. I am. I was in Bristol last week, London the week before. I'm in Bath next yeah. week. I'm literally like, you wow. know, yeah, jet setter. <laughs> yeah. Around the Southwest of the UK. <laughs> Is there any place you want to be other than the Southwest? Oh, of course not. No. 
no, nowhere at all. <laughs> um, yeah, so met with Holland and Barra and they have got a really, really exciting um, new food range launching in September. I'm not allowed to tell anyone anymore because it's embargoed until it launches, but... It's be, a need to know basis. And yeah. Holly, Holly is in the circle. The, <laughs> the powers that be. Yeah, I got to try some of the the things that they're launching and it's it's it is super exciting like wow i know i'm, I'm buzzing e- I, know, I know i'm easily impressed but actually this is you know it's a bit of a game changer so that's all i'll say mm. um and i was also with juliet galatley from viva and laurie who runs vegan happy and karen ridges who people might know from the vegan industry she's been vegan like donkey's years um and i was judging the um, vegan happy competition so they had I think we had like 600 entrants to go through. Wow. I know. And uh, it was absolutely boiling. We were like sitting out on this terrace and I was just like, oh my God, I'm sweating like mad. But yeah, really, really exciting. So many like amazing people that have entered. So um, what is the competition? Is it, did you say it was like a fashion competition? Yeah. So Vegan Happy is a fashion brand. Such a lovely brand. Laurie, who runs it, um, does loads of work with like animal sanctuaries and stuff. Nice really Um, sustainable yeah and sort of donates money to them and um yeah it's kind of like subtle activism like it's not like Mm. emblazoned with like i'm vegan but it's just like a little like vegan happy logo um on the clothing and the bags and stuff and yeah so she's trying to find the competitions to find i think it's four faces of um vegan happy so like um different age categories um, Vegan's next top model is all. Yes. Yeah. That's it. That's all you need to say. Yeah. That's, that's wow. What it is. Uh, you are the Tyra Banks of, <laughs> yeah. of the vegan industry. I did not feel qualified at all. I was like, I don't want to be putting a no on these people. Oh, like, yeah. That's hard. But not harsh. I understand, you know, you've got a kind of. It's just the way that industry is. But yeah, for an outsider to be sort of judging, I'm like, can they just all do it? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it was tricky, but a brilliant day. So I'm sort of buzzing today, but also, yeah, deliriously tired. Um, but let's talk about let's talk about growing veg and stuff. So I've let's go. I've been looking into. So obviously, we're in June at the moment, and mm-hmm. things to plant right now. Um, pak choy. In- so are we talking about? Are we planting seeds or bulbs? So seeds in little. Aren't you pots. meant to sow? You're meant to sow the seeds earlier in the year. No, I think it's you can pl- you can sow the seeds in little pots now, and if you've okay. got the bigger plants, they can go in the soil. Wow! Um, broccoli, spring onion, pumpkins for October, oh. yay! And nasturtium. Do you oh, know- I love nasturtiums. I know. I love them. They're so you can eat them. You can. They're beautiful to look at. The flowers are gorgeous, aren't they? I know. I'm so gonna go out and get some because, yeah, like you say, you can yeah. put them in salads, and they're so bright and colourful. They just look so pretty. Yeah, I love an edible flower. So do I. I never even knew about them until I went to France camping with my friend, and we stayed in this Airbnb, a really, really bizarre house. It was like an old sort of French sort of farm I don't know cottage or something and it was Mm. really dark inside really sort of strange they had a crocodile skin on the wall 
Yeah, oh. I was just like on the ball. Yeah, was it was, like wallpaper or just it was like a shape of a crocodile? Yeah, it was just the skin in the shape of the crocodile on the wall. Ooh, it was just like this is intense. so creepy in the dark. Yeah, it was horrible and a swing like inside. It was very strange, but the outside had like. <laughs> A swimming pool. It had all these. It had like a veg patch, so you could just dig up your own potatoes. Aww. Oh my god! And my friend was like, you know, she sort of knew all about it. She was like, oh, nasturtiums. Let's put them in our salad. I was like, what? What are you talking about? This was quite a long time ago, before yeah, before yeah. I was even vegan, actually. And um, yeah, so that was my first experience. And we were picking like, what? What was in the trees? It was like figs or something or plums. Oh, wow. It was plums. It was literally like wow. free food in the garden. It was amazing. That's amazing. I love that. I wish um, every holiday was just kind of like you go and you get to sort of, if you go to a different country or whatever, you just get to see what what grows locally there. Because, you know, I've said it so many times on the on the show that like, we are so like uneducated really about what we can eat, what grows, when, like even myself, like, you know, I'm every day is a school day for me at the moment. I'm just learning all the time. Yeah, well, I think it is for everyone, isn't it? Even when you've yeah. been, you know, even if you're retired, you're still sort of learning about things. And Hugh actually, um, in part two, today's interview, um, talks about um, sort of eco-friendly and vegan-friendly gardening tips. Because one of the mm. things, like my mum's been growing um, fruit and veg for years. She's got like a tiny little, I don't want to say orchard. It's like three or four apple trees, just like in this little bit of a garden. I would call that an orchard. If yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I yes, I've got an orchard in my garden. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to sound, make it sound like she's got acres and acres of sort of, you know, orchards and things. But um, and, you know, they have some um, raised beds with with veg that they sort of, you know, mm. they do pumpkins every year. And then oh, they the, grow their own pumpkins. Yeah. Wow. And um, God, one year they were huge, like ridiculously huge. And then they give all the grandkids a number um, and then they get to pick like they pick the number and all the pumpkins are n- numbered. So that's their pumpkin, if you see what I mean. And then we all carve Aww. them. God, it sounds so wholesome. It's really not. That's so wholesome. <laughs> wow. It's always, you know. I just go to Tesco. My mum was like, get the one from the three ninety nine bin. That's my number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Usually, you know, the youngest grandchild is a bit sort of like, she's got the bigger pumpkin. But um, Yeah, I was going to say, is there, is there pumpkin envy going on? Yeah, a little bit. I would be, I would be... Yeah. jealous <laughs> I want the big boy <laughs> I want the biggest one please but she um yeah she was growing oh what was it <sighs> I can't remember it was something like courgettes or, or mm. radish or something and um they were just absolutely destroyed by I think it was caterpillars yeah um and you've got to kind of know how to because I know you can do like um what do they call it um companion planting can't you so so one plant sort of attracts the bugs or or whatever yeah yeah, and yeah. Sort of takes it, like the... a distractor plant yeah so eat this but leave my veg alone next yeah. next to it um but yeah he's got some really good tips for dealing with pests without sort of having to kill them oh no i've actually got an issue at the moment with my basil plant so i put it outside now and it's just been hacked to death i don't know if it's cat i've not seen a caterpillar in so long I, um, I was cycling along the other day and there was a huge one crossing the road. I literally had to slam the brakes on and nearly fell off. Oh, <laughs> no. Like, ah, was it like a big old spiky one? Yeah. Yeah, like a big I love them. One. I love caterpillars I so much. I know. I love them so much. But yes, I don't know if it's caterpillars. I feel like it's probably more flies, like little like 
insecty things um that are just hacking away at it and it's looking a bit sad at the moment Aww. i know basil is a bit notorious and we've had this conversation last week about how to was it last week anyway yeah um about how to just get the most out of it i've repotted it and now i don't know what to do apparently there was a trick um my uh, we'll call it my mother-in-law we're not married but yeah um she puts vaseline around the edges of her pots and i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for ah. like insects you know what i mean i don't yeah. know whether it's like um it's a deterrent a deterrent yeah but yeah. then in my hand, in my mind, is it like what happens if they, if the bugs or slugs or whatever go on that? Does it then hurt them, or is they, it just to kind of like they don't like the texture and the feel of it? Yeah, I'd imagine so. Um, I was on Facebook, and the, I've talked before about the group accidentally. No, not accidentally vegan. It's uh, non-judgy vegans UK, yeah. and it's a really good group. <clears throat> um, really sort of supportive because some people are mm-hmm. like look, I'm holding my hands up. I'm not vegan yet, but I want to be. And everyone's kind yeah, of giving yeah, yeah. them advice. And someone was asking about um, how to deter, I think it was ants actually, because I was saying last week about how I've got this ant problem and they're just sort of yeah. joining me for, for lunch on, on the table. And I'm like, okay, oh, no. go now, go away. <laughs> but apparently um, peppermint, they don't like peppermint oil. Ooh. So if you put that sort of across the door, Mm. Um, it'll just deter them. They'll sort of sniff it and be like, "Oh no!" I love an essential oil for doing all the hard bits for me. I'm really in my essential oil era. I've you got, are. I've got it everywhere. It's, I'm using turmeric oil for my skin, rosemary oil for my hair. When my baby little handsome kitten was alive, um, we used citrus oil. Not that it helped actually saying this. Um, he just grew to love the smell. But first of all, it did deter, it did deter him from climbing up the curtains and ah. doing his business in our plants. Oh um, right! And I just love it so much. They've just got so many great properties. Yeah, I know. My um, my friend who I always talk about, Kath, um, she is she has like her garage converted into a gym because she's a PT. And yeah, afterwards, yeah. she doesn't like using loads of chemicals and stuff. And she kind of has yeah. like. I think it's like um, lavender and something out, lavender oil and something else that's mm. antibacterial naturally. And then she sprays it on the mats to clean them afterwards. So she's not Ooh. just using. I know, and it smells so nice. I'm like, mm. I love lavender so much. My lavender bush out the front is thriving. And I Mine's just, gone. It's. <laughs> Is it just insane? Mental. <laughs> yeah. I love it though. I love it because I just saw all the bees and all the bum and all the little. Um, Butterflies? Wasps. <laughs> Wasps. <laughs> Why can I remember that word? Um, Poor but old yeah, wasps. Every time I go past it, I just grab it and just... Because yeah. it's a relaxer. It's yes. like, um, uh, a, like an anxi- anti-anxiety kind of um, herb, isn't it? Yeah, I need to hang like a whole bush above my bed because I just yeah. constantly wake up with anxiety at the moment. Have you ever grown any veg then or...? Not really. No, not really. I really want to. I've not... Uh, sounds like I'm just making excuses now. I've not... Up until I've lived in this house, I've not had, like, the um, space to grow. I did actually say that um, I, my previous house had rhubarb grown in the garden. I didn't plant it there. It was just there. Oh, nice. So I'm going to class that as, yes, I have. Um, grow my own vegetables by chopping that plant and then eating that 
um, makeup. <laughs> so yes, I have done that. Um, my current house that I'm in now, the back garden um, is all like concrete. It's no um, glass or anything like that. We did actually get one year um, these like planter sacks. They kind of look like um, sort of like square sort of fabric boxes with handles on. Oh, okay. And um, you obviously fill them with soil and put seeds in them. And then that acts as like a kind of raised bed um, thing that you can move about. I, th- I I don't know whether you can have it. You probably, no, you wouldn't be able to have it indoors. But, um, you know, if your garden's small or whatever and you've not Balcony got... Balcony or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, which are really handy, but we've just never used them. Um, I think now, though, I am in my wholesome era. I want to do it. But again, have I missed the time? Have I am am I am I late to the party? Well, that's what I was thinking. You know, are we talking about this way too late? And we should have been talking about this in March or whatever. But no, you can plant stuff all year round. Wow, I and love nature. Yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> so amazing. <laughs> um, and you know, like we talked about the herbs, you can just go to the supermarket and buy a basil plant and literally, yeah. literally plant it. Mine's thriving now in a pot. Mine is, yeah, it's struggling. But I only got it last week. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it gets its act together. <laughs> yeah, sort yourself it just, out, Basil. It just, I don't know whether it's maybe a little bit too hot outside. I've kind of yeah. put it into like a shady place. Yes, yeah. Um, I don't think they like too much direct sun. No, and I've tried to be like all the ones that have started to go a little bit brown. I've taken those off and just kind of made sure that, you know, all the nutrients is only going to like the really healthy ones. Um, so we'll see. I've been, I've been making so much pesto and I need to stop because it's got raw garlic in it. Don't stop. I love it so much, Molly. And it goes with everything. Like I literally stick it on salad or whatever, but it's just so garlicky and. Oh mate, I don't care. Do you know what? I actually don't care anymore. If people come up to me and are like, are offended by my garlic breath, I'm sorry, eat more, <laughs> eat more tasty things. And then you would also have this lovely breath. Like it's an, aphrodis- <laughs> it's an aphrodisiac. Do you know what I mean? What's like garlic breath? For me it is. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, not with you on that one. No. no. Someone else's stale garlic breath is not a turn on. <laughs> I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop this now. <laughs> Let's not go down that route. Um, oh my God. I do need to say something though. Kind of still in... Um, the vein of what we're talking about. I picked elderflower. Do you know what I was saying last week that I wanted to find some? Yes. I found some. Oh, nice. Found some at, yeah, I found some at the Downs. I was by this bush for so long. I must have looked insane. I was just there kind of like grabbing it, grabbing it a little bit, sn- smelling it. I mean, like, oh, no, it's not elderflower. And then being like, oh, but it but it looks like it. I was there for 20 minutes on my, <laughs> on my phone looking at TikToks, just trying to figure out what is elderflower and what's not. It is elderflower, I think. I might have just got it. Apparently, you meant to pick. You meant to pick it early in the morning, like eight eight o'clock, maybe even a little bit earlier than eight o'clock. I don't know why. I think apparently it's to do with the heat and it, the freshness of it, um, and the flies and stuff aren't aren't okay. around. I again, I don't know how this is true. That's a TikTok um, teaching. TikTok yeah. teaching. Love. So it that. might not be true. <laughs> so it might not be true. Um, but yeah, I picked some, I picked loads. So I'm going to make some elderflower cordial today. Nice. Can yeah. you bring some into the office? We're in the office next week. I actually can. I actually can. <gasps> Lovely. 
me. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to talk about was um, organic food. Are you? Mm. Do you buy any organic stuff at the moment? I feel like no one can afford it. I try to. I try. But again, it's just, it's so expensive, isn't it? I think, you know, I, I have a thing with beans and pulses and things like that in a can. Um, because in my head, I'm like, oh my God, I know that there's just like loads of preservatives and things like this in this can. But I also can't justify spending two pounds for a can of beans. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? With the organic ones. I mean, I don't think there are... I think, isn't it mainly just like water and salt with tinned beans? There's some, there's some like stabilizers and preservatives. Not loads. I think if you look at a can of butter beans, for example, I think there's maybe like four ingredients with the water beans and then there's like two oh okay um two additives in there yeah but again kind of going back to what we were saying about the citric acid thing i don't know whether that's you know i mean i love them and i don't think it counteracts the goodness of the beans do you know what i mean yeah. but there is always a part of me that's just like oh yeah i want to treat myself with my garlic beans but i just i i, I can't justify not in the the cost of living crisis as it is, do you know what I mean? It's everything's gone up. I know. I um. I think I've talked about this before. I had um the the sort of founder or the owner of Bold the Bold Bean Co. Mm. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And um, I don't think she's actually vegan, but obviously she's a very very you know expert in beans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and she's got a book coming out actually. Um, with some nice vegan recipes in but she kind of really made me think about how it's worth spending a bit more because she said the taste you know if you just get a tin of like cheap 40p butter beans compared to like Mm. these you know some of them are sold called like queen butter beans or something they're huge and actually they really kind of elevate a dish like if you're not putting meat in it which obviously we're not (laughs) um you know it's sort of like it can make a real difference because they're just she said the taste is just so for sure and I, I definitely believe it and um I actually love bold bean co and I can never find it in my supermarket I don't uh, know if it, is it online only no I think it's like um sort of health food stores okay kind of like independent yeah sort of. okay um yeah, so, so that's me getting sidetracked because I follow Bold Bean Co. on Instagram and I love them so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Because they look amazing. Their beans, as you say, they literally look incredible. Like, and um, they come in almost like this gel. Like it's like really thick. Um, like obviously, you know, if you buy a canned beans, it's very watery. But this is kind of, I don't know, it's, it almost looks congealed, but not in an, a- an appetizing way. Because they... If I see people doing recipes um, on their page, they put all of it in, like the beans, the kind of like juicy jelly thing. Mm. Um, And it looks great. Well, uh, stay tuned for Hugh Richards. He's the author of um, the Veg Growers Handbook and he does loads of writing for all the gardening magazines. And like I said, last week he's got over 700 thousand followers on youtube so he obviously knows his stuff yeah um i love that but yeah before we we um go over to hugh just a quick announcement which we're very excited (gasps) about we are launching this friday which is the 16th of june 2023 um a little uh, simply vegan short and it's called it's going to be called something for the weekend and it's just going to be a little, little, quick little episode with just inspiration for cooking over the weekend. Um, just Molly and I, and we hope you will enjoy it, download it, and share it with your yeah. friends. 
Um, and subscribe to the channel on whatever platform you're um, using because then you'll get alerts when there's new episodes. Two episodes a week. Wow. Amazing. How lucky are you guys? <laughs> <laughs>
for me in pots and containers, I, I, I love to recommend peas. The the freshness of, of garden peas or monge to sugar snaps, my, my absolute favorite variety that I've started eating many, many, many hundreds of pods within the last week or so is Oregon sugar pod. <laughs> and it's it's right. great because you it's it's like a sugar snap pea, so you don't have to worry about spending time pot depodding and pulling out all of the peas. You just eat it, it's full of sweetness, it grows really, really well in large pots and it's really fun. And the nice thing about peas as well is that you can eat the tendrils. So before they've even started flowering and producing pods, you can always already get the taste of peas in terms of the uh, in terms of the pea shoots. So that's one thing. If you don't if you don't enjoy peas, then it's kind of a case of process of elimination. Maybe you enjoy carrots, for example, or maybe you really enjoy. I really like um, chards or like perpetual spinach which kind of tastes a little bit like celery um, in a sense. And uh, that's really quick to grow. So just choose the things that really excite you. And is that, do we have to be kind of, because I, I feel very overwhelmed when it comes to growing things. I'm not particularly green fingered. Over the years, I've got a bit better, but I get very confused about, you know, when, when should I be planting these things? Do I plant them from seed? What what soil do I, you know, are, yes. like, for example, in my garden, it's the soil is rock hard. It's very um, sort of clay like. And yeah, and it'll be even of... harder now without any rain. <laughs> it'll probably be like yeah. concrete. <laughs> I get it. So if you say you have rock solid ground, well, the way that you overcome that is by adding organic matter. So it, do you have a little patch of lawn? Do you yes. have a bit of a lawn? Yeah, and yeah. I have some raised beds. Yeah. Cool. So for people who might just have a lawn and no beds or anything, you can cut like a little 30 centimetre by 30 centimetre kind of hole and you can fill that with a load of compost and plant a pumpkin. And now's the perfect time to do it, you know, June. Plant a pumpkin plant that you can just get from your local garden centre and it's going to spread out and you might get like six to ten pumpkins from that that one like little spot so there's like there's like some easy way round uh, easy way of, of kind of approaching that i think another really nice thing as well is um uh is growing potatoes especially in in planters you can grow them in tubs they do require a lot more watering when they're in tubs but yeah just just load of potatoes just a kind of 10 centimeters under the soil they don't you don't need to they can grow with very little compost so the cost is really low if you live near the sea you can go and collect some seaweed um, and put that over the top as mulch or you can mulch them with grass clippings as well um, i've had really good success with with growing potatoes that have just been mulched with uh like gradually adding layers of grass clippings o over the over the weeks amazing i love that the other thing that i'd say as well is that if you're trying to save money you should you should try and grow salads and leafy greens because if you spend like one or two quid on a packet of mixed lettuce seeds you're going to get two or three thousand seeds and you're going to get you're going to be able to grow if you every two weeks you sow a new row of lettuce you're going to be able to like be self-sufficient in lettuce until like well into october um so that that's a really good way of like creating something bulky and then you want to think about flavor so herbs is is great because per like in a small space per square foot per square meter herbs pack the biggest punch in terms of flavor 
plus they all a lot of them flower and the bees love them so you get even more benefits amazing i love that i've um yeah i've planted um because I, I always have herbs on the windowsill, but they just never seem to survive. And, mm. you know, the, the typical one is basil, isn't it? We always buy the basil plant thinking, great, I'm going to keep this in a little pot on my windowsill. And I don't know, it just seems to do, do you know end that up you as can, like two. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you know that you can take cuttings from supermarket basil? No, I didn't. So it's, it's really, really easy. Um, all you need is a pot of water to begin with. So you take cuttings, you... You prune off some bits of basil and you take off, it's kind of got to be like seven to 10 centimeters long. You take off the, the bottom two layer of leaves and just stick that in a pot of water. And within a few days, it starts sending out lots of roots that you can then plant into a separate pot of compost. And then that grows. And then you can take cuttings from that. So you from one like basil plant in the supermarket, you can actually end up having basil forever. Yeah, that's brilliant. And you can do so much with basil, can't you? I mean, yeah. you know, just like you say, it's so fragrant, adds so much flavor and so good for you. I like um, obviously using it to make vegan pesto. Um, mm. I use sort of walnuts and things like that with it, which is delicious. Um, and I did um, a vegan um, salsa verde at the weekend, which was, oh my God, it was so nice with like gherkins and capers and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, Amazing. Yeah, my uh something that is quite a weird combination that i've been having quite a bit in the garden at the moment is a fresh strawberry and a basil leaf together it's it's mm. it's amazing it's so so nice oh, nice <laughs> yeah with strawberry plants mine are mine are in pots and they're quite old now like do they just keep going year after year i mean i don't ever seem to get a lot of strawberries from them it really depends on on the type because you get ever bearing, you get ones that just produce in one go. Um, you, so usually with strawberry plants, so my, my favorite variety for, well, just backtracking before I forget, for basil, grow British basil, it's a variety that's dedicated kind of to our climate. Um, you get the best chances with that. Now for strawberries, my favorite is a variety called Cambridge favorite um and that's what that's all i grow um well i got a couple of others but that's what i grow is like my main my main crop in it and i propagate the runners because you probably know like strawberries they will start to take over because they send out runners so right. i i refresh my strawberry bed roughly every two to three years with runners so after we've had the strawberry season i will let some of the runners, I'll pick them up and I put them in a, on top of a pot of compost, hold them down with like a stick or a stone. They then root about four weeks later, cut that away from the main plant, let that develop a bit. And then kind of late autumn, remove the original, like the biggest of the, like, I'd remove a third of the oldest plants and then replace them in a sense. So I've always got at least a third of like new, fresh um, plants coming through each year. Okay, because it yeah, it can get quite technical, can't it? Having to sort of learn all this. I think when you condense all of this information that I'm saying into say a podcast, it seems technical. But I think when you're outside, because gardening is so practical, the best thing to do is just get out there and and do it. And I think when you see the process for yourself, I think strawberries are like so easy. It's it, it I could almost laugh in a sense. I think the main thing is just having a go and see what happens and then you know speaking to sort of you know family and friends that maybe mm. 
have that knowledge and just kind of like just giving it a go and then each year you kind of learn don't you as you're going along yes yeah, a nice thing as well is that there's a lot of um it's, it's called the national garden scheme and they they open up like people open up their gardens to raise money for charity all over the uk and a lot of uh, vegetable gardens so it's a great opportunity to go and see what someone is growing in your local area that's related to your local climate i mean from this time of 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 the year until august september that that's when they they open so if you fancy having a bit of a nosy or you're feeling curious um that is a that's a nice way of kind of just seeing what is possible in your area and and the other thing is i'm on a little bit of a mission at the moment um to try and uh educate uh people about um the idiom of curiosity killed the cat because i learned that there's a second part to that do, do you know what it is no <laughs> uh, so so the second part is but satisfaction brought it back ah okay but right. conveniently we've we've all that that part has never been spoken so i think like i had because of that saying it's so easy and it's so like people just like throw it off all the time it's almost like it's bad to be curious but i think for so many people especially artists and people who love food and and gardeners the, the real thing that kind of sets apart like a bit of a hobby towards like absolute passion and dedication is is that kind of driving force of curiosity so if that's how like you maybe approach your journey in terms of being curious maybe you really like asian flavors so you can look at what kind of amazing um say uh japanese mints that you could be growing or something so you, you can add your own personality to what you grow in the garden okay yeah i like that it's a good concept um, what about tomatoes? So they're on the mm. list of the top 10 um, sort of fruits and veg that um, people are, will be growing in the UK. Do we yeah. need like a greenhouse for those? What's the best way to get started with tomatoes? So um, the best tomatoes to grow outside usually are cherry tomatoes because they mature faster than your like salad or your beef steaks. So in the UK, that's the best. There's actually quite a few varieties of more kind of like salad tomatoes that are, are grown for um, or, or recommended for outdoor growing. Uh, so I'm growing three this year. Um, one is Alicante, another is called Red Alert. And the third one, it doesn't make it obvious at all, but it's called Outdoor Girl. Um, <laughs> so uh, those are the three that I'm, I'm growing outside this year. But uh, my absolute, if you want to make the best pasta sauce you possibly could ever eat. It is getting some yellow tumbling tom tomato plants, then harvesting those, and then just roast them with some garlic and a bit of olive oil. Roast them um, until they start to, well, just smell amazing for like 30, 40 minutes. And then you use like a potato mash and you bash them up so you don't remove the skin, you have that rusticness. Um, and then you cook some uh, pasta or whatever and then just mix it together and then finish off with a little bit of basil and it is like it's it's almost cheating you know if you're like yeah food shouldn't be this good but I'm I'm going like I've I've massively increased the the amount of um, uh, yellow cherry tumbling tomatoes that I'm growing this year just for making lots of pasta sauce that I can then freeze and enjoy right through winter brilliant idea oh I love that I really want to eat that right now 
recording patient. near tea yeah recording near tea time is never a good idea <laughs> no yeah and shopping as well near tea time is also bad <laughs> yeah i know yeah <laughs> picking up all the bad things then yeah what what about people with very little space then i mean you know let's face it in here in the uk we are a bit um you know we tend to have very yes. small gardens in general don't we some of us live in cities with you know perhaps perhaps a little balcony or a little courtyard what what things are good to grow and how do we grow them in a really small space well the first thing that i'd say with that is um don't feel like that's the only potential growing space that you have access to uh so there's there's many cases and i'm part of my local kind of permaculture gardening group for example and every so often there's a there's an email that goes around saying that so-and-so on this street who has a bit of a back garden has arthritis or something so they can't look after it and they'd love someone to just take it on because they feel sad and they just love someone to to enjoy it so there's there's actually a huge amount of opportunity mainly through word of mouth of people who have garden spaces i met so i'm not even joking it's funny we're talking about it today because someone yesterday said oh you can have my garden i've got no time for it and that would just be a three-minute walk away. Um, so it's it's about uh, seeing what's available in your community, but also sticking on the word community as community gardens. There seem to be more and more community gardens popping up. I think it's really nice to see a lot of councils actually starting to value that. But what's nice about community gardens is that it gives you another opportunity to grow um, or have a bit more space. Very often you get your own like little section and then you have the community section. So if, if time is precious and you want to involve a bit of socializing as well, that's a nice way around it. So those are just two other things to think if, if I've only got a patio or a balcony, mm. don't, don't, don't think that that's what you're going to have forever because there, there's other options out there. Um, when it comes to your immediate kind of patio or balcony, the, the common, um, the common like advice I'd give is almost just like treat treat it a little bit like how you treat the centre of London. There's very little land space, so everything goes up. Uh, so you've got to think about all the vertical planting as much as possible. Um, so uh, growing things that grow vertically, like tomatoes, cucumbers, runner beans, peas. These these are all perfectly suited. You also want to think about things that can trail down so they can grow in hanging baskets, but like cascade down. Uh, nasturtiums is, is a great example of that. Um, and the nice thing as well is that uh, if you're growing, say, a lot of cucumbers and uh, tomatoes, is that you're going to have a lot of little gaps underneath the plants where there's some, some nice like partial shade. So that's where you can intercrop all of your salads and maybe like parsley and coriander, etc., in between the base. So you're you're fully maximizing um, that reach. And to kind of think of it a bit like um, a tiered uh, kind of approach. So if it's south facing, right at the back against the wall, you grow the tallest crop, and then okay. the next tallest. So it's almost like a stepping stone down. So you're getting the maximum sun exposure. Okay. Brilliant. I'm feeling so fired up to go and get get my trowel out now and start <laughs> digging up the garden. I'll check in in two weeks, see how you're doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, what about um, re- nutritional value then? Because I'm presuming, you know, a lot of things we buy in the supermarkets, even when things are in season in the UK, they're not necessarily 
you know, tomatoes yes. might have been flown in from Spain and things like that. They've traveled. Presumably, growing our own is going to be a lot better for us. Well, take, I say like, I mentioned peas earlier in terms of the flavors. The reason why fresh peas taste so good is because within like 30 minutes to an hour of harvesting peas, the, the sugars start to turn into starch. They kind of like lose that sweetness. So fresh is always going to be the tastiest. Um, now, uh, very often as well, flavor is, is related to nutrition. And you got to think about how supermarkets work and how they're paying farmers. So, so they're, paying, they're paying growers by weight. And what is the best way to increase weight? Well, it's by growing crops that are uh, packed full of water. Um, so they might not be varieties that are very nutritionally rich, but they might be great at being able to take on lots of water and be a little bit flavorless. So, right. so if you choose um, the, the nature of growing your own itself, I'd say is, is definitely going to give you um, much greater nutrition. I mean, there's so many studies out there where you're comparing common vegetables that you buy in the supermarket from the 80s and, and some of them have like lost 70% of nutrients on average so mm. you're like having to eat three times as much to get the same nutritional value what I'd also say is it's a project that I'm working on at the moment around small-scale self-sufficiency um, we need to uh, stop thinking that we need five perfect or seven or ten now perfect portions of fruit and veg a day of eight which is 80 grams i think it's far more doable for someone who has a little garden or allotment to uh eat the same amount but it could be spread across 20 uh different harvests so like today i was in the garden and i harvested a load of like spinach lettuce coriander borage flowers nasturtium um rocket i've got new potatoes i've got parsley uh, coriander basil um radish spring onions like uh, cabbage that, that was my harvest today um and that's probably like four to five hundred grams worth of food which is roughly five five of your day equivalent but i've got 12 different things so so the thinking about the not just the macro but also the micronutrients you're going to have a lot more diversity there and i think that's where mm. the strength lies and i also think think it's far more attainable for for gardeners to reach it that way because very often you only have a bit of something but if you can co combine it within like a, a stew or a salad then it's um every every bit adds up yeah well and pesticides as well i mean you know not a lot of us <clears> can necessarily <throat> afford to, yeah we can't necessarily afford to buy all organic although i think you know a lot of us um, would prefer to hmm. and obviously growing it in your own garden I mean how do we stop all the the you know the snails and and things like that kind of going to town on on things that we're growing but in an eco-friendly and obviously vegan friendly way yeah so if you if you're thinking about um the 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 pest side for me I am very much behind trying to create diversity in terms of having lots of flowers about um, that attract beneficial insects beneficial predators that do all of the the work for you so uh, in nature pests and diseases is kind of like nature's way of um, of targeting weaker plants so it's a sign that there's something not going well in terms of nutrients or something so 
what I would su- um, what I'd suggest is if you if you're like really curious and really geeky like me when it comes to gardening, you kind of realize that the priority is actually the health of the soil and the health of the plants is second priority. So I'm actually kind of like a soil first gardener prioritizing the health of my soil because that that creates the immune system in a sense um, for for a healthy plant. So that's that's like more of my like woo woo geeky side. Um, in terms of <laughs> if you're just like thinking about slugs and snails, there's some there's some great prevention methods that you can do. So my uh, my favorite is to um, using like little bits of like brambles or or uh, spiky sticks. It's kind of like to create a little fortress around around my salads um, so that so they don't. Um, fancy going over those uh, spiky thorns um okay. so yeah quite, kind of creating a little bit of a fence um there's another really uh, genius way that i saw a guy up in north wales do a guy called jack first so he got a, a, an old kitchen table and he he put each leg in an ice cream tub um and and then fill the ice cream tub with kind of like salty water which slugs don't like so then and then he grew all of his um, all of uh, the like slug loving, um, not slug loving plants. The plant, like, yeah, he grew all the things <laughs> that slugs slug, love yeah. <laughs> on top, and it was impossible for any slug to uh, to reach it. So okay, yeah, so they d- they don't get killed in the in the salty water. They just kind of check it out and go. Oh, no, I'm not going to go near that. Yeah, yeah, because they're not. It's not like a. It's like they, it's like enter at your own risk, and they're they're not wanting to. Unlike beer, which is something that they drink and drown in, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's different. So. Okay, yeah, it's this time of year. I think us vegans, some well, anyone, any animal lovers, and insect lovers, sort of, it's it can be a bit of a nightmare. To be honest, anti- growing your own food is there's going to be far less slug deaths than say buying lettuce in a supermarket because that yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that your dog? Yeah, yeah she's uh, she's getting a little bit um, excited for her afternoon walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bless her. Oh well, I won't I won't keep you any longer, Hugh. Um, you can take your dog out for a walk now. But um, where can people find out more? So you've got a huge following on YouTube, haven't you? Yes, um, and also probably best thing um, for, for me to say as well because we mentioned Readly before. Um, so for, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's a link, readly.com forward slash gardening. You get two free months. Um, all of my favorite oh, okay. gardening, gardening magazines are on there, like uh, um, Kitchen Garden, Grow Veg, Gardeners World, Gardeners Illustrated. So for anyone who actually wants to kind of delve into it and look at some of the best gardening um, uh, newspapers, out, uh, magazines out there, then that's what you can do in, in the evenings. Um, but best place to find me is either on instagram over at hughes garden h-u-w-s or hugh richards on youtube okay brilliant we'll link to those in the show notes but thank you ever so much um, You're most welcome. i'm off to uh yeah i'm off to get my gardening gloves on yeah get some <laughs> get some peas growing <laughs> well that's not it for this week because we have our new episode landing tomorrow that's each friday morning it's a new short episode called something for the weekend and it's packed with 15 minutes of inspiration for your weekend cooking don't forget you can join us on patreon from just two pound a month and you can also try vegan food and living magazine for just 99p when you visit veganfoodandliving.com forward slash podcast <laughs>